Section Number Zero of The Kabzar of the Ukraine. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ron Altman. The Kobzar of the Ukraine by Taras Shevchenko, translated by Alexander Jardine Hunter. Introduction. Illustrations. The decorations and illustrations in this book are meant to show something of Ukrainian art. The artistic instincts of the peasant women find satisfaction largely in the working of embroidery, each district having its own characteristic types of design. One of Shevchenko's favorite fancies was to compare his versification to the work of the girls and women embroidering their designs on their garments. He frequently speaks of himself as embroidering verses, it is a favorite device of Ukrainian bookmakers to decorate their pages with miniature landscapes and little figures. The frontispiece of the present work is a picture of Shevchenko in youth from an original painted by himself. On page 129 we see him as he looked after his return from exile. Life. Born 1811, February 26. Twenty-four years a serf. Nine years a free man. Ten years a prisoner in Siberia. Three and one-half years under police supervision. Died 1861, February 26. INTRODUCTION Nearly twenty years ago, the translator of these poems was sent by the Presbyterian Church as a medical missionary to a newly settled district in Manitoba. A very large proportion of the incoming settlers in this district were Ukrainians. Indeed, it was largely owing to the interest taken in these newcomers that the writer was sent there. It was Mr. John Bodrug who first introduced him to the study of the poems of Shevchenko, and with his help translations of three or four of the poems were made a dozen years ago. Press of other work prevented the following up of this study till last summer, when, with the help of Mr. Sigmund Bishinsky, translations were made of the other poems here given, and considerable time spent in arriving at an understanding of the spirit of the poems and the nature of the situations described. Then the more formidable task was approached, of trying to carry over not only the thought, but something of the style, spirit, and music of the original, into the English tongue. The spirit of Shevchenko was too independent 
to suffer him to be much bound by narrow rules of metre and rhyme, the translator has found the same attitude convenient, for when the versification may be varied as desired, it is much easier to preserve the original thoughts intact. The writer's thanks are due for help and advice to Messrs. Arsenich, Voisenko, Rudicek, Ferli, Sluzar, and Stashishin, and especially to Mrs. Bishinsky, and for help with the manuscript to Miss Sarah Livingston. Signed, A. J. H. Who was Taras Shevchenko? How many English-speaking people have heard of Taras Shevchenko? What Uncle Tom's Cabin did for the Negroes of the United States of America, the poems of Shevchenko did for the serfs of Russia. They aroused the conscience of the Russian people, and the persecutions suffered by the poet at the hands of the autocracy awakened their sympathy. It was two days after the death of Shevchenko that the Tsar's Ukes appeared granting freedom to the serfs. Possibly the dying poet knew it was coming, and died the happier on that account. But in still another way does this man's figure stand out. In the country called the Ukraine is a nation of between thirty and forty millions of people, having a language of their own, the language in which these poems were composed. This has been, as it were, a nation lost, buried alive, one might say, beneath the power of surrounding empires. They have a terrible history of oppression, alternating with desperate revolts against Polish and Muscovite tyranny. In these poems speaks the struggling soul of a downtrodden people. To our Western folk, reared in happier surroundings, there is a bitter tang about some of them, somewhat like the taste of olives to which one must grow accustomed. The Slavonic temperament, too, is given to melancholy and seems to dwell congenially in an atmosphere misty with tears. But he gravely misreads their literature, who fails to perceive the grim resolve beneath the sorrow. In the struggle of the Ukrainians for freedom, the spirit of this poet, who was born a serf, remains ever their guiding star. End of Introduction Recording by Ron Altman